podcast. Well, no, not just podcast, but the Fake Spike podcast, episode 39. We are almost at 40, and after that, 50, and I uh, look forward to 100. Now that we're back on track, we should uh, we should be getting to those numbers quick. What's going on, Vort? Not much. Excited to be back doing the podcast. What's going on with you, Mr. Corona? <laughs> I know. I know. After 14 months of being ultra careful, not doing anything and, you know, living my life, but being careful and very conscious of it, I, I go away. I come back with the with the Rona. So I don't know how many people listening to this actually know that I had it. I didn't go around telling people, but yep, I had the Rona. And, um, you know, I had the first shot, so thankfully it, it worked and I had a very mild case in comparison. I mean, it still sucked, but it, it really wasn't anything terrible worse than, you know, a, uh, a bad sinus infection, a, a really bad cold kind of deal. So, you know, whatever, you know, that's, that's enough. We don't need to talk about that too much. As long as you're feeling good, let's talk some football. Yeah, I'm good. Let's, let's talk some football. I think, uh, before COVID claimed my brain, I think we were jet fans, right? I still am, unfortunately. So. Yeah, that, that that doesn't get washed away easily. That gets ingrained in your brain forever. No, um, <laughs> I wish I would. I would go. I would kill the virus. I mean, not the virus. I would kill the vaccine and and just take the virus to get rid of it if I could. But you know, it would be funny with. if you came out of an isolation, like uh, recover from Corona, and turns out you're the biggest Tom Brady fan ever. I know, big huge <laughs> Patriots fan, and just in time for them to suck. That would be actually perfect. So it is what it is, man. All right, enough of that shit. New York That's, Jets, man. I mean, there's there's nothing but good. It looks like these days. I mean, everything's is pointing up. The arrows pointed in the in the right direction. I mean, is there anything to, to complain about or worry about with the Jets these days? Uh, nothing to complain about. Obviously, as soon as we were raving and getting excited about the Jets, uh, Williams gets injured. Hopefully, it's nothing serious. Um, I, I always forget his first name. Why is why am I having a Quinnen. brain freeze? Quinnen Williams. Uh, but uh, again, nothing major. But uh, being dark siders, it was just like literally, just that little cloud. And I was like, wow, everything was just going so good. This is this is the perfect reminder of why the Jets fans are the way they are. An injury just had to come out of nowhere. I don't know that the injury really derailed anybody because he's going to be back in time for training camp in the regular season. So it's not like, you know, he tore his ACL and he's out for the year. So I'm not as concerned. I actually look at that as, you know, maybe the the Jets new thing, like the new culture with the Jets, maybe the luck's turning a little. And then a, a guy who's an integral part of the defense got like a fairly serious injury, but it didn't happen like it wasn't super serious and it didn't happen late in training camp where we'd miss half the season. So I, I, this, this could actually be a plus if you really want to be like a sunny sider. Well, this is not called the sunny side podcast. So I'm going to still, <laughs> until proven otherwise, I still have a little bit of dark in me, but um, no, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> as far as this week, I really wanted to discuss uh, the Jets schedule with you. There's a couple of games that really jump out at me. Uh, and the other thing, I, I actually have the schedule in front of me. And what terrifies me the most, Rob, and th this is going to sound really weird, is there is a real strong possibility that the Jets are looking at a, to start the season at 3-0, and potentially 4-1. and Again, getting way, way ahead of ourselves. We do have a rookie quarterback, but very, very winnable games. And I don't want this season to be playoffs or bust. I think this season is about grooming Zach Wilson about showing everybody, like we talked before, making sure he develops and looks much better in the second half of the season than he does in the first. So I don't want to start penciling in wins and losses just yet. Let's get to the preseason. But games against Carolina, New England, and Denver to start the season are all winnable games 
if for nothing else, if the defense shows up, none of those teams really scare me like they have the ability to really light it up. But that brings me right into the first game of the season, the Carolina Panthers. I can't believe that. Yes, <laughs> who we get to face in week one. Yeah, um, and after week one, Sam Donald will never have played a professional game that didn't involve the New York Jets. I mean, obviously that'll change in week two, but that's crazy shit that that guy has only played here, and, and that's the first game they give him. I mean, I know that we're Jet fans, so we're looking at it. I can't believe that's the game they gave us, but that's also the first game they gave him. That's a That's a sick matchup, man. As soon as I saw that, the first thought in my mind, that that just being a very, very dark sider Jet fan, the first thought is like, great. Going to see him throw for 323 touchdowns. I don't so, think so. And, and you I, don't, know the guys, I really don't think so. You yeah. know the job is his. They traded away Teddy Bridgewater, They uh, them being Carolina. They picked up Darnold's option for the following season. So they're really making a two-year commitment to see if uh, they can uh, kind of uh, – find what the Jets thought they had when they drafted him. So Carolina is certainly not writing him off. And not only that, they, at least as, as we stand right now, they really believe there is a future there. And I guess they're kind of looking at it from the argument that I was trying to sell you on about week 12, 13, 14 of this past season is he is still so young. So there's yeah. still fixable mechanic. Whatever it is, they believe it's fixable. Uh, I, I I don't disagree. I think he probably is fixable. My take was always that the Jets weren't going to be the ones to try and fix him because of the circumstances I've put out there a million times. I won't do it again. I don't think Sam Darnold is going to be all fixed and ready to go week one. I think, you know, with only three weeks of pre- preseason and, you know, and, and COVID still around and training camps will probably be somewhat limited, blah, 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 all of that stuff. Sam Darnold, like most most guys in the league are going to take three or four weeks to get their legs under them. This would have been a better week six matchup or something like that. You know, with week one, you know, I, I, you know, Darnold is going to be improved probably because he's with, he's going to have, clearly have a better coaching staff. He's got better talent. But is he really going to gel with these guys that quickly? He's probably not going to play a lot in the preseason. And if he does, you know, good for him. But he's going to be playing with backups and scrubs. Plus, don't, let's let's not sleep on the Jets' defensive abilities. The Jets have a pretty good pass rush now. Secondary is a question mark. But they have a, a coach who who lives for that kind of defense and and. And unlike every coach we've had in my lifetime, he he plans for other teams' weaknesses. And that's the big key to me is this guy is going to know exactly what they have in Sam Darnold. And they're going to plan for it and they're going to attack it. And Sam Darnold in week six this year might be in a better position after getting some games under his belt and, you know, a few, a few months with his with his team as opposed to week one where, you know, he might just be finding his footing and the Jets can probably take advantage of that. So I am really not concerned. Everybody who's concerned about Darnold throwing for three touchdowns and 400 yards and killing us is is just is just wishful thinking and, and talking about like Jets luck. That's something that would happen. I just don't see it happening here. I hope you're right. Uh, the thing, because I have no life and I read as much sports as I can. Um, interesting interview from uh, Teddy Bridgewater on his way out the door from Carolina. He really blasted the Carolina coaches. And the reason I kind of paid attention to it is Teddy Bridgewater is not known as that loudmouth guy who really bashes the franchise. And he really took a few shots at them on his way out the door, especially the coaching. He's, um, the, the biggest thing that the, the article mentioned is how the offense really, Teddy Pert, Teddy Bridgewater was not prepared for situational football. And he talks about how every team he's been on before, they'll dedicate an entire practice or a couple of hours 
or certainly large chunks of practice just to go over, for example, a red zone play calling. And he said in the, in Carolina under this new coach, uh, uh, the guy that came from Baylor, he said they would literally practice red zone offense for 10 to 15 minutes at the end of practice. And it was kind of haphazard, quick, not really set, no structure to the red zone. And then uh, they brought up the fact that if you think that's just sour grapes, look at his stats. He was the worst quarterback statistically in the red zone. So if uh, if that's the offense that Sam Darnold is walking into where there is no real emphasis on coaching specific plays and situations, um, maybe I shouldn't be as worried as I am that he's going to throw for 300 yards. But uh, yeah, that was something that kind of caught my attention that, uh, wow, obviously still going to pay attention to Sam Darnold just uh, for the next season or two. Curiosity will definitely get the best of me. I will, of I will follow him. Uh, but uh, we'll see how that turns out. But can you well, imagine the expectation and the madness of the Jets fans if we start the season three and zero? I yeah, I don't know why people are thinking. That. I don't know. Obviously, you're saying it, but I don't. I don't know why. I think the Broncos are a pretty good team. The Patriots are the Patriots. They're going to be in Carolina, and, and that's not going to be an easy game. I could then they got the Titans. I could just as easily see them being zero and four as I can three and one. I just I don't. I don't know what the Jets are going to be. It really depends if everything comes together and and this guy has them playing hard and playing smart, then they can beat anybody because, you know, any given Sunday will then apply. Last year, any given Sunday did not apply, and the two games they won were just kind of complete anomalies. It wasn't like they they worked hard for it and, and did well. They they hung on in both games. They could have lost them, you know, whatever. So, I you know, it, I, I don't see why that people are looking at the first half of the schedule as soft i think it's softer than the second half of the schedule for sure but i don't look at panthers on the road the patriots or the broncos on the road as a as and any of them as a gimme especially with the jets being what they are so we'll see what happens but i just don't see it i wanted to play one little game about sam donald before we move on okay and and, and then we can get back to the schedule but i didn't want to get too far from the sam donald thing let's play a little game okay sam donald was a horrendous quarterback last year. So let's pretend that Sam Darnold is able to get back to what he what we thought he was, maybe somewhere in 2019 when he he you know they won the six out of the last eight games, or maybe what we saw in the rookie season. So let's say Darnold hits his previous ceiling in this game. Okay, what do you think that's gonna be? You know, 250 and a couple of touchdowns, no interceptions, maybe maybe that 303 touchdowns you're looking at, but that's like top end. So what is Sam Donald's ceiling in this game? Let's say that's it. Do you think if Sam Donald ends up having to throw for 300 yards that, that the Panthers win the game? That's the question. Does he have enough talent around him that he can turn those 300 yards and three touchdowns in the first three quarters and then let the Panthers coast the rest of the way? Or is he going to be coming from behind and throwing for yards? I mean, it, it really depends what those yards are. But if Sam Sam Darnold, you know, in my little game, has is at his ceiling because I don't think he's going to be beyond that. I think the most they can do early in the season is get him as good as he once was and then build him from there. I think that if he does that, then, I, you know, I don't think that that's a, a, a guaranteed win for the Panthers there. I think if Sam Darnold's ceiling is, is the best he's been in his first three years in the league, the Jets have a pretty good chance of winning that game because he never really carried the team on his shoulders and it wouldn't concern me. Now, if he goes off for 400 yards and four touchdowns runs for another one, then, then, you know, then we got all kinds of different problems, but that's, you know, that's, that's my take. What, what would you look at as, as his ceiling for game one, new regime coming out of a, a shortened preseason? 
I think the being a Darksider fan, I think the numbers that I gave you are kind of his ceiling. And listen, he hasn't done anything to prove me that his ceiling is above that. For him, 300 yards and three touchdowns, even let's say there's an interception mixed in there, 303 and one, people are going to be going gaga over that performance. So I think that's uh, more than justifiable as a ceiling number for him. I will say this, if he does put up 21 to 24 points, Playing against a rookie quarterback making his first career start, I do see that as a very likely possibility that Carolina won the game. Could be. I mean, unless the Jets get a good defensive score or, you know, they're really building the special teams, they could they could run something back. Depends how much the offense puts into it. The other thing that I wanted before we get back to schedule in general does have something to do, to do with the schedule is it looks like there's three preseason games, which we knew, but there's three weeks between games. So the last preseason game is August 21st, and the season doesn't start till September 12th. I mean, what's up with two weeks off in between? I didn't know they were doing that. I thought they were going right into the season just like they usually do. That's weird. Did not even realize yeah. until you just mentioned it. Yes, yeah, so August 21st to September 12th is, is 22 days. That's three weeks. So wow. the Jets are going to play three preseason games from early August till August 21st, and then they don't play till September 12th. I don't know if that's like that with everybody, but that's, I mean, that's that's a little crazy. So not only do we add a game and they extend the season one one further week into the into the new year, but they, they're, they're not just taking a game away and then going straight into the season. They are taking two weeks off to before, the, before opening the season. That's terrible because the whole point of the preseason is you kind of... Uh... You really step on the gas towards the end to get up to game speed and then to have three weeks to sit home again and kind of to just work on your timing and nothing but your teammates again. I think that can really set you back for the first game when you're trying to realign again and get that speed and timing down once again. Right. And the last few years is it's generally accepted amongst the NFL. I know the fans, some fans don't notice it because they between fantasy and betting and just just lack of paying attention. They don't they don't really pick up on it. But most like solid commentators and good football people will tell you that 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 the first three or four weeks of the regular season is the preseason anyway. It's an extension of preseason and teams don't find themselves till somewhere in October. So now you're you're getting three weeks. (coughs) Excuse me. There's the COVID coming back at me. You're getting uh, three preseason games and then two weeks off and then and then starting the season. And like you said, I mean, your timing is going to be screwed up. Who knows what they're doing in between there? And you, and now you, it's gonna, who knows how much longer it's going to take these teams to get on track. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Now, as far as the schedule, there are yes. three games that I'm absolutely itching to see. <clears throat> I'll mention those to you. And then okay. there is three games that I want to run by you because <clears> – <throat> It's just funny how if you asked me at the end of last season with the same schedule, my reaction would have been, oh, my God, how fucked are the Jets? And now with the offseason developments and the change that took place between the end of last season and the start of the upcoming season, those games went from OGs to, oh, I can totally see us winning that game. (laughs) Uh, So the three games that I'm absolutely itching to see, obviously, week one, Carolina, Sam Darnold, got to see that. Uh, the second game on my radar doesn't take place until week 16. Uh, we have the top two quarterbacks going at it. Uh, the Jets play Jacksonville Jaguars. And right away, week 17 is my third must-see game. Tom Brady. You can take him out of the division, but the Jets still find a way to face him. So those are the three <laughs> games that I'm really, really looking forward to seeing. Just from a personal interest standpoint, they just jumped out at me. Um, 
And uh, I will even sprinkle the game against Cincinnati week eight. I'll sprinkle that in there just because we have another young quarterback, Joe Burrow. So that'll be just a fun matchup of the young gunslingers and hopefully the future of the league. I'm looking at week, uh, I don't know what week it is. I think it's week 13 uh, at Houston because uh, that's the game we're talking about going to. So that's the one I'm looking forward to. (laughs) So that's actually one of the two games that jumped out. The one that I wanted to talk to you, my, my, how things can change. One is Houston and one is New Orleans. If you're talking about uh, the end of last season, both of those teams have a dynamic quarterback. uh, Especially Houston makes a coaching change. Everything looks so good for that team. New Orleans, Drew Brees, one of the all-time greats. What a tough matchup. And now, all of a sudden, a couple of months later, Houston is in shambles, and it looks like they might do a full-on rebuild, at least until they figure out what's going on or what's not going on with Deshaun Watson. And uh, New Orleans looks like they're going to give a... The all-time great has walked away, and their quarterback situation is uh, Jameis Winston and a whole lot of question marks. So all of a sudden, those games went from, oh, God, I hope we don't get our brains beat into, well, I can see us actually sneaking away a win. So uh, those are kind of the games that uh, really tickled my fancy. What about uh, you when you look at the schedule outside of the fact that you're planning to potentially go to Houston? Any game <laughs> as a fan that uh, got you excited? Well, of course, the, the Panthers, because for Sam Donald, I would rather it be a little later in the season, but hey, it is what it is. Um, I, I would be interested in seeing them play um, the Eagles, because they've never beaten the Eagles. So uh, anytime the Eagles are on the, on the schedule, I, I always have some interest, and this could be the year. I mean, the Eagles are not that good, so you know maybe the Jets can beat them. The return of Brady, of course. Uh, the division games are always fun, and, and they got three good teams in the division, so those are going to be a little crazy. Um, you know, nothing, nothing really jumps out at me right now because, you know, as the season goes on, like we'll start to say, Hey, this looks like a good game or this didn't look like a good game. Now it is that kind of thing, but nothing really jumps out at me. I'm just, I'm just looking at it. I feel like it's a pretty tough schedule. I, I, you know, I could see some of these games going the jets way. I could see others going the other way. Um, like you, and, and I didn't say anything at the time because, you know, we got off into other subjects, but like you, this is not a playoff or bust year for me at all. This is the year, hopefully, you know, we've been saying it for years now, but hopefully this is the year where progress is what we get. I'll take six and 11. I'll take seven and 10. I'll take, I'll, I, I, you know, I don't want to go as low as five and 12. That's a little no, too much. But six to me is the floor. Six is my floor, right? At six, anything six and better. I'm, I'm, I, I am happy that the Jets made some progress as long as it's a legit six wins and, you know, they, they look like they're headed in the right direction. I don't think, you know, I see some guys, of course, because it's August Georgie time. Everybody, you know, some of these guys are like, I see us going 11 and six and getting a playoff berth. I'm like, you're out of your mind. It's not happening, dude. Come on. But um, seven and nine. Well, no, uh, seven and ten would the seven and ten would impress me. Eight and nine would literally make me call you borderline <laughs> tears of happiness and tell you, yeah. Rob, we are really, really on the right track. Again, yeah, you I have to take into account they have a rookie quarterback. Yeah, I think six and eleven looks like looks like the spot for me. Six and eleven. Now I, I'm willing to bet in fact I'm gonna go look, but I'm willing to bet Vegas is all over that and they have the Jets at six and a half for the over under. I'm willing to bet six and a half because because that's the number I have in my head. So let's go see New York Jets. 2021 win gamble i don't even know what to put in here gamble um six of course <laughs> right at it because it's, it, it's impossible to figure which way they're gonna go you know six is the perfect number oh there you go 
Oh, wow, oh, the schedule gives me excitement. The schedule gives me a reason to think that uh, there's going to be games that... And again, this is what, the reason I'm excited about the schedule and all these quote-unquote winnable games is I think it's really going to show us what our head coach is made of. Can he win the games? Can, can the team be prepared? Can the team compete? Can a team... If we're in a close game... Let me not go into a fourth quarter knowing that we're going to find a way to blow it. There's going to be a key turnover. There's going to be a stupid run play call on third and five. Let's go in and let me see that you can close out games that are there to be had because that's what the Jets have been missing. They've been in games. Uh, yes, there's been an occasional blowout, but I'm talking about, I'm focusing on the games that were there to be had. You lose some, you win some, but the Jets consistently find ways to give away the games that are there to be had. I want to start winning those games. I want to start seeing the defense make that big stop. I want to see the offense score that touchdown when we desperately need it. This is one of the big things that I'm looking forward to this year, along with the hopeful development of our young stars, quarterbacks, receivers, running backs. We got a bunch of young players that uh, I'm going to be looking at and hopefully see them develop. But to me, the focus is... Can the Jets show me they can close out a couple of games that are there to be had? Tight fourth quarter games, and the Jets are going to be the ones that make the right play, the big play, the important play, the game-winning play. You know what I'm looking forward to? I am looking forward to actually rooting for them to win again. And now that sounds ridiculous. And, you know, anybody who doesn't know or hasn't been following us or or doesn't do the same route for draft picks, whatever, I am actually looking forward to knowing what it's like to root for my team to win again. It's because I can't sit on the couch and root against them, but I can be happy afterwards that they lost. And, you know, like as the season went on, I started to get disappointed when when they would do something that meant they could win, even though I wouldn't actually root for the other team. You know, I am looking forward to like the last time we had it was the playoffs where I'm excited about the game and and I'm looking at the clock, wondering how much time is left and, and you know, all of that stuff. But to go hand in hand with what you said, not so much like l- learning how to win. I think that comes later for me. I want to see smart football. I'm sick of dumb coaching. I'm sick of dumb players. I'm sick of no situational awareness in the game. I'm sick of all of that. I want to see a fundamentally solid team that makes smart plays and is in games that it has no business being. And I want a scrappy team to start. Later on, I'll, I'll, I'll forego scrappy for talented and good. I want a scrappy team that is in every game because it's well-coached, motivated, smart, and playing good football. That's what I want. And and the wins will come if you do that. We'll, we'll you know, all of the stuff that you you said I agree with completely. I'm just taking a different way to get there. I want all of that stuff because those close games will suddenly become, you know, games that the Jets can learn from, and and they they make the smart play and they run the clock down instead of making a and st- stupid call that gives the ball back to the other team. All of that stuff. I am looking forward to being well coached for the first time since. I mean, I guess, you know, I guess Parcells or if you really want to throw a couple of games in there with Rex Ryan, you know, maybe a few of those games because, yeah, I can't take away some of those playoff wins on the road. I mean, those were those were tremendous wins. So I, I you know, those those games, I always felt like I was on the edge of my seat, like they were going to blow it and they didn't. So I have to give them the credit. That's what I want. Again, I want to I want to root for them all season long. I don't even want to think about the draft. I want to I, I don't care. I want to not care if I get number 11 or number 22. I just want to. I just yep. want to freaking loot for a win. And it's just fun. I believe, Correct me if I'm wrong. Or maybe my mind is slipping a little bit right now. But this is the first time since Rex Ryan and uh, Mark Sanchez that we, again, we're pairing a new coach 
with his own young rookie quarterback. And it's sink or swim, but you guys are going to be tied at the hip as uh, the NFL currently is. The coach and the quarterback are tied together. And uh, let's see if you're either both going to be gone in uh, three years or in three years we have an incredible foundation and, uh, God willing, by that point, a winning solid football team. Yeah, it's got to be Rex Ryan because, you know, Ryan had his guys and then Bowles followed him and had Fitzpatrick. And then it was uh, Adam Gase, who Sam Darnold was already there when Gase came in. So, yeah, this is the first. Well, it's also the first time the GM, the coach, and the, and the quarterback are all starting fresh and, and on the same page. I mean, the GM has been there for two years longer, but he tore everything apart to start on a new page. So, you know, he he's had the book longer, but they're all starting on the same page, which is the first time in, I don't even remember. I guess it had to be Rex and Tannenbaum, right? I mean, with, with Sanchez yep. in 2009. But see, but even that was was like the Jets were, were, weren't were starting fresh. They were, they were a, a team ready to win, and they brought in a coach, and they ended up with a rookie quarterback as far left. And, you know, and so the Jets were kind of forced in that position. I don't remember ever, ever, because Parcells didn't do it. I don't ever remember the Jets having a GM and a coach starting fresh with a rookie quarterback and, and having a blank page to write on. I don't remember it at all, ever. It's incredible how hindsight is 2020, because when I think back about my argument now that the Jets should consider giving Darnold one more chance and uh, letting the new coaching regime see if they can fix him. And I look that I look back at that statement now and I think to myself, that was such a dumbass thing to say. Because that just re- that's rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. That's the typical Jets stupidity. New coach, no, we don't want to give you your own quarterback. Here's the guy we have. We committed to him, so you got to try to ride the ship. No, that's, that's BS. That's not the way to go. New coach, here is the tools you need. You don't need to work with our broken tools. Here is a fresh new tool shed. Go to work. So now looking back at it and looking where we are now, new coach, new quarterback this is how it should be done and i'm glad that's how it worked out well i I would love to sit here and say you're absolutely right you were a freaking idiot but i'm not going to because you weren't The, the the fact of the matter is is i i you know even me even though i was against it even i like the fact uh, like the idea of maybe the jets trying to build around donald and do whatever you know i i kind of ran out of steam on that towards the end of the year when i saw how badly he had regressed but there is an argument for it you know because donald is young and because he's got talent and because the jets ruined him they didn't pull him in already ruined and trying to fix him so but you know, so so I ended up being right on this one only because I took emotion out of it and went with the pragmatic business approach. And it was the and if you if you do that and look at it strictly from the business side of it, then there was no way he was he was going to be the starting quarterback. So that's why it didn't surprise me. But I don't, you know, I think when you talk about the Darnold thing, it's kind of a fine line between saying, okay, well, you know, the Jets are going to commit to try and turning him around because they ruined him and they have a lot of work to do and saying, well, you know, Darnold's really good. You know, they have to give him a shot because he didn't have weapons before. I mean, it sounds like the same thing, but it's not. Understanding the difference between if we just give him weapons, he'll be good, and we have a lot of work to do to build him. Is it worth it when all the circumstances are are considered are completely different things. Yes, he's still in the same position. He's still terrible, but th- th- it's a completely different mindset. It's like it's almost like the difference between saying, 
you know, I, I understand I got to roll my sleeves up and go to work on this guy. And it might take me a year to turn him around, but I have enough confidence that if we give him the players, he can do it versus, well, you know, I'm going to stick my head in the sand and pretend that Sam Donald's really good. He's just got a raw deal with a bad coach and, and terrible players. And I never bought that argument because the players around him were nowhere near as bad as people wanted him to be. Now, they were not good, but they were nowhere near as bad as is made out to be. They were NFL players. They were average to below average NFL players, which means Donald should have made them average to below average NFL NFL an NFL team. He didn't. He had them as an abysmal team. And my other argument was Joe Flacco came in and took a week or two to get his feet under him. But when he did, that team looked way better. So that's so that's that's where it all comes down to is and that's why the argument for me of of building around Sam Donald didn't work because too many people thought if you just give him players and a good coach he would turn it around and I think it was much deeper than that so I am not willing to sit here and let you trash yourself believe me I am more than happy to trash you when you should be <laughs> but this is not one of those situations you were always on the fence you were not one of these freaking morons out there who who were convinced and now are talking about how Donald's going to be a Hall of Famer and the Jets are stupid no, and they well, made the wrong move looking so back dumb. there was two things that really clouded my judgment and again now looking back that he is gone that i can really see it so clearly one was and uh, this is where you and me were in agreement we hated adam gase everything about him we absolutely hated but what I, the mistake that i made is i was blaming so much on adam gase i made it uh, mutually exclusive that it couldn't be the coach and the quarterback who needed to go the blame had to go fully on one or the other and with me being all in on trashing gase i kind of absolved uh Sam Darnold of any wrongdoing, which was wrong. You could, I could have easily said, listen, that, that does that does not change my stance on Gase. I still think he was garbage, but that also doesn't automatically uh, give a pass to Sam Darnold just because he had a bad head coach. Uh, the guy still made, like you said, he regressed. He made terrible decisions. And the other thing that uh, I was romanticizing and falling in love with is every article kept reminding us that he was still the youngest starting quarterback in the NFL, his age, his age, his age. And But then you kind of take a step back, and this is actually a very, very common soccer term that the European sport that my people play, where you don't just look at the age of the player, you look at the experience in a major uh, on, a, on a big stage and this was his third season being the starting quarterback for the new york jets so sometimes you get to a point where yes he's young in calendar years but he was not that young in nfl years in nfl years it was either shit or get off the pot by the third season if you're not establishing yourself as a quarterback who is probably knocking on the door of a max contract then you're not uh, cementing yourself as a definite franchise guy. And I let his age cloud my judgment for the fact that uh, when I think back on his three-year career, only one game jumps out at me. I'm sure there was one or two more that I'm forgetting, but only one game jumps out at me when I literally looked at him and said, wow, we got a quarterback. And that's against the Dallas Cowboys when he came back after an injury uh, two years ago and they trashed the, the Cowboys. And he looked spectacular to me in that game. He was making throws. He was making reads. That is the only game that clearly, off the top of my head, jumps out from the three-year stint as a New York Jet. And that's just nowhere near good enough. Yeah, well, the the Adam Gase thing, I just too many people don't understand that you can have a bad quarterback, I mean, a bad coach and a bad system and a bad quarterback. You know, the, the, just because the, the, the coaching is terrible and his system is terrible and his game planning is terrible doesn't mean the quarterback doesn't have take blame in it. And as for his age, I mean, you said it. I mean, he, he's been here three years 
And it, it, the age thing, it, I, I, I just don't see why it matters at all. I, I don't see why it matters at all. If he had been coming out of college at 23, they would have felt he was too old, <laughs> yep. you know, like, like, or 24, like a guy, like a BYU guy. Some of these guys from BYU who take a couple of years off and like then they Chris come Wanky back. Chris Wanky a few years ago in Florida State, the base boom Yeah, went to yeah, they get drafted at 24, 25. They're considered old. So, so age matters there, but you know, it, it, I don't see why him being young had anything to do with it when, you know, when you factor in the money, you factor in how badly, and that to me, the biggest thing is, is that he went backwards. If he was starting from day one with him that's a different story but you're not he's he's has regressed so much and now has three years of bad habits that you have to first overcome those then you have to build him from there it's not like you you overcome the bad habits and you're built no they have to, it, it's like a it's like they reverse the train on the track three miles and now they have to make up those three miles and keep going you know it, and i never understood the age argument at all i really didn't other than the fact that he's got a lot of years ahead of him but if they're bad years who the hell cares you know so i think that was just jet fans disappointed and not being willing to to accept the fact that they that they're the guy that they everybody wanted to be and thought was going to be the guy turned out not to be the guy and people didn't want to let that go that's as simple as that there's no other phenomenon that can be attributed to it it was desperation grabbing at any silver line that we can find and the only one we had is he's young so he still has time to turn it around but like you said what's the point of having another 12 years if those 12 years are pretty much garbage Right. Yeah, the Jets had have plenty of quarterbacks who do that. I mean, I the, the best quarterback I've ever seen them have was Ken O'Brien, right? And Ken O'Brien was he was on the on the good side of mediocre. He wasn't great. He wasn't certainly wasn't terrible, but he's just, you know, I don't want another Ken O'Brien. Now, Ken O'Brien is another example of a guy who would have been better if he had a better team around him. The Jets had good players, but the line was terrible. That guy, not only was he a statue, but he 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 was he was constantly being killed and they crushed him, you know? So I don't want another Ken O'Brien. I mean, how many times have I said on this show that I want that quarterback who's going to who's going to make players better and have us in it every year? I don't have to go through that again. Ken O'Brien is not great. that guy. What? We want we don't want a good quarterback. We want great. We I want, want a, a great yeah. franchise quarterback. A franchise quarterback, right? So I don't want Ken O'Brien again, who was there for eight, eight, eight or nine years or ten years, whatever it was, and never got him over the hump. We've seen that. We've seen that movie so many times. Even Chad Pennington, although his career was a little shorter, was the same type of guy. He was good. He, he showed you enough to hope there could be more, but he never got you over the top. And he, you know, looking back, he never really was gonna get them over the top. You know, I want that quarterback who's going to win division titles you know the pennington years and the o'brien years were all about wild cards and having to do with the hardware i don't want that anymore so yeah so yeah if you're going to tell me that that you can look in a crystal ball and see that in three years sam donald's going to be an absolute superstar then sure put the time in but the, the odds of that were so long it was never going to happen and it's, it's you know thankfully they, they made the decision not to do it that's all i can say and now that we went through the schedule before i let you go for the night the first of many predictions we're going to make this season. We're going to okay. call this the, as unofficial as they go. Uh-huh. But uh, let me hear it. Uh, right now, before training camp even kicked off, how many wins did the Jets get this season? By looking at the schedule or just what, what I think off the top of my head? Because we, we, I already gave you the six number. But if you want to go through the schedule real quick, we can do that. Sure. Yeah, um, just, I think, just your gut feel. Okay. Looking at the schedule, uh, how many games do you realistically think the Jets end up winning this season? well you review the schedule i'll give you my okay. uh looking at the schedule i think the jets are gonna go seven and ten 
I would not be surprised if they go eight and nine. But uh, and there is possibility to do even better than that. But I just can't allow myself to see better than that with the rookie quarterback. I don't think they go nine and eight, ten and seven. That's just. Uh, I mean, if they go nine and eight or ten and seven, that means Zach Wilson is really, really on the right track, and everything went the right way. There's just a lot of winnable games that that are. At the worst case scenario, there are 50-50 coin flip games. But I'm going to say that on account of a rookie quarterback and taking time to gel and mature, the Jets finish the season stronger than they start. Uh, I agree with you. I think the the first part of the schedule where we're penciling in a potential 3-0 start is not going to work out that way. Uh, I think the Jets are going to surprise a lot of people in the second half of the season with games like uh, Houston, Philadelphia, New Orleans, Miami, Jacksonville. That's a string of uh, one, two, three, four, five games where you can uh, go three and two or four and one. And uh, the Jets are going to finish the season seven and ten as my first unofficial prediction. All right. I mean, I went through the schedule and I'm at six and 11 anyway. So I realized as I looked back without doing it on purpose that I gave the Jets wins in the games they should win and I gave them losses in the games they should lose. So basically, except for the Panthers, that was the one. I, I think the Jets are going to win that game. I think I think that's going to come down to um, the Jets having a team that knows Sam Darnold and being able to overcome that. So that's the one game that they should lose that I had them winning. So I had them beating the Panthers. I had them losing all six division games. I just, you know, I, I know they should beat the Patriots, but they never do. And so until they do, I'm going to assume that Belichick can can overcome a rookie quarterback. So I have them losing all six division games. I have them losing to Denver. I have them losing to, t- to Tennessee. I have them beating the Falcons. I have them beating the Bengals, losing to the Colts, beating the Texans, beating the Eagles, beating the Jaguars, and losing to the Bucks and the Saints. So basically, six and eleven is is what I was what I see, see happening. The, I, yeah. I'm going to go and say that they're going to split against Miami and New England, and they're going to take two losses from Buffalo this season. Okay. I mean, I, I can't argue that at all. If you wanted to argue over them beating the Bucks, and then we could argue that one. <laughs> I think they lose to the Bucks, But I, I, I can't argue that they could win a division game, especially the Patriots. And they always you know, they always play Miami tough except for last year. So I, I, I don't have any problem with that. But I, I, you know, I, I went 6-11 and 11 without looking. And then when I looked, I came up 6-11. and 11. So I'm just going to say 6-11. and 11. I'm just going to go with it and, and hope that that is their floor like we talked about. And that's all I can do at this point. I like it. Uh, that's all I had on my end for this week. Just wanted to run through the schedule, and uh, it was worth every minute hearing your feedback as always. <laughs> I got uh, two Facebook posts for you first. So, all right, <laughs> are you ready? Are you ready for this one? Oh, okay. I, I always wait this, for these. This gentleman wants to know: Is Zach Wilson the head of Josh Allen at the same time as rookies? How can you even ask that question before Zach Wilson took a snap, or even went to training camp, or did anything? How do I? How does anybody know where Josh Josh Allen was as a rookie at this point? I mean, I just I can't with these guys. So, so you can rightfully un- understand that people tore him apart on that. Now, this one is is a, is pretty funny. I, I'm not going to read it verbatim because it's it's just too long. But this guy basically said that if the Jets are in position to draft Malik Willis next year, they should do it. Now, Malik, Malik Willis, I've never heard of. Turns out he's a quarterback. He said if you need a franchise quarterback and there's one there on the board, you should take him. And he was del- he was able to deliver in the clutch and beat Coastal Carolina. Zach Wilson was not. Now, I looked through the responses to make sure this guy wasn't kidding around and being sarcastic, and he wasn't. So... I thought you would get a kick out of that one, that he should take another franchise quarterback because when one's there, you take one, even though they just took one. 
and then yeah, uh, that guy was able to beat Coastal Carolina when Zach Wilson wasn't. So that's... there are so many angles to rip the stupidity of this post, but the <laughs> but the one that really cracks me up is the fact that he's building and hyping up this guy for beating Coastal Carolina. He's not <laughs> saying that an underdog team beat Alabama, LSU, Georgia, whoever the fuck it is that's uh, the cream of the crop now. Coastal Carolina. On the right day, you, your two sons, and my wife can likely beat Coastal Carolina. So don't tell me that you identified a franchise quarterback for the NFL based on the goddamn performance against Coastal Carolina. Yeah, I don't even know who Malik Willis is. I've heard of like some of the guys they talk about, Sam Howell, and I forgot another guy's name, but I never even heard of Malik Willis. Who the hell is he? Fucking heard of the guy. Glad to see that even as the Jets are trying to ride the ship, the fans are still going to be as dumb as ever. Yeah, well, th- just get ready for all the, all the positive predictions now, because now that the Jets seem to be headed in the right direction, and you combine that with August Georgie syndrome, it's it's going to get ugly. It's gonna be, we'll, have, we'll have plenty of material over the next few months. All right, my friend, nice talking to you. Sorry we missed last week, but we will uh, get back on track, and uh, we'll be on next week and uh, every week thereafter. Looking forward to it as always. Stay safe. I'll see you next week.